If you use an Android device and are looking for the perfect app to listen to your podcasts, you should check out the Podcast Republic app on the Google Play Store. There are thousands of good reviews, so you don't have to take my word for it. But if you want to do that, I'm not going to complain. You are listening to this podcast after all. Check out the Podcast Republic app on the Google Play Store. It's really easy to use. You you favorite your favorite podcast. They download right to your phone. It's as easy as that. So check it out on the Google Play Store. Don't forget to head to patreon.com slash dissectingthe80s to see how you can support this show and get much more content in exchange. That's patreon.com slash dissectingthe80s. So we're nearing our 150th episode, which is a big milestone. Very exciting. And we're going to do a little bonus for that. Uh, We put this out on social media already, but in case you haven't seen it there, send us in your questions if you have any, and we're going to do a little Q&A sesh. We've gotten a few already. Um, We'll talk about the show a little bit and do some other little fun stuff. I don't think it'll be a super duper long episode. It's not going to be like a uh, best of clip show as of now. I don't think I have time to do that this second, but uh, we always like to take the opportunity to do that. So it'll either be included with the 150th episode or a second little bonus thing. But if you have any questions, you ever want to know anything about the show, ask anything of us, uh, tell us a funny story related to something. Uh, dissecting the 80s at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter or Facebook or uh, at dissect the 80s on Twitter or 856 dissect. Yeah, that's right. 856 dissect. You can give us a call. So uh, coming up 150, which is really buck wild. Welcome to dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the mega podcasting powers. And with me, as always, is a man who might be inclined to go after a boat captain, a la Cloris Leachman, the macho Mandrew. Andrew Leno. Not that boat captain, but yeah, I think a boat captain. Harvey Corman doesn't do it for you? Not in this role. Harvey Corman, yes. But not this role. I was going to say, I feel like... It took me halfway through the movie to realize he's Count de Monet. I was like, that voice is so familiar. I don't know what I know it from. Uh... Plus the Carol Burnett show, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, see, I was—I never watched a whole lot of that. I've, I've seen clips here and there, but mom and dad like it, so I have seen it in the context of our parents liking it. Okay, I've never personally like put on a Carol Burnett. It's not like Columbo, where I have the secret old person TV show, where I'm just like, get it, it right into my veins. I mean, I've, I've literally only heard amazing things about it, so I will get to it one day. I just haven't yet. Yeah. Uh, there are, I mean, it's very funny. There's some gags in there that stand the test of time for sure. Uh, but anyway, window dress. we, yes. Yeah. The window dress. We are perhaps finishing February forever. I'm not sure. TBD, but maybe. So we'll, we'll treat it like it is. And then February 1.0 at least is dead. <laughs> this, there's one, there's Ollie, obviously Holly Hoop Noodles Haven of Bliss is something we are going to have to cover at some point. Um, and then there are some other things, but I believe this is it for theatrically, theatrically released stuff. Uh, if you think we missed something, fire away. But I'm talking about movies that could conceivably have a four in the title, whether they do or not. So like not the fourth Cheech and Chong, not the fourth Monty Python, that kind of thing. So I think we're done. Um, we may figure out something else. We may go a totally different direction. We've been kicking around some ideas over at the old HQ. But in case this is it, I feel like I'm okay with that. Yeah. Like it, if I if I was to like lay them all out and having watched them all, like put them in an order from worst to best, this is going to be toward the, the right side of that curve in terms of best, I think. Yeah. Herbie, Herbie itself, yeah. Yeah, yeah, this movie, Herbie Goes Bananas, mm-hmm. I would say, is gonna be it's gonna be toward the, the good end. So I it's like if it is the end, I'm glad this is where we're ending and not howling for. We'll release new February next year. And then Or it might not be February. The February may change entirely. I know, we're, we're but I like the idea of doing new February, crystal February, like <laughs> Uh, so this is Herbie Goes Bananas, which is available on Disney Plus, and it may be the final February, so you know what that means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the eighties. It's your self-driving car. Something's gotta be done about your self-driving car. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the eighties. Great Scott. Cream of the crop. Oh yeah. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. So you said previously that you have no Herbie, nothing, not even the, not even the one with Bruce Campbell from the Disney channel or Or the the Lindsay Lohan one. Lilo. Okay. Mm -hmm. I I like, obviously know who Herbie is. Um, 
and I, I think we saw him on the Backlot Tour of of Definitely saw him on the Backlot Tour, yeah, many times. Um, but It may have even been this one. It could have been this one. Uh, but I don't think I've ever sat down and watched a full Herbie. And now I'm very curious, too, because this one, it wasn't the best thing I've ever seen, but it was enjoyable. It got boring towards the end, but it was enjoyable. Yeah. It it basically is a series of slapstick gags with a car. And a good slapstick gag is timeless. It is. I'm not saying it's my favorite comedy, but, you know, someone stepping on a rake will always kind of be funny. You know what I mean? I um, Well, I've said it before. For I don't know why, but the scene in Singing in the Rain at the end of Make Him Laugh where um, – he does one wall jump and a second wall jump and goes to do a third and it's a paper wall and he just goes through it every yeah. time I out loud cackle. Right. Uh, there's a scene, I think it's in a movie called Behind the Mask. It's a horror movie. The Rise it's of Leslie like Vernetta. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure it's that movie, but there's a horror movie in which one of the potential victims is running away from the bad guy and steps on a rake and it's totally unexpected. It's It's vaguely set up earlier in the movie that someone is using a rake. It might be a Friday the 13th gag. I honestly, like, it's all kind of blends together in my mind. But I have a vivid memory of watching a slasher movie where a person's running, 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 and all of a sudden, like, whang, gets hit with a rake and goes down like a ton of bricks. And it's it's always funny, you know? Yeah, it's stupid. It's not intelligent comedy. Um, but so I think that's what works here is, first of all, if you're going to make <laughs> – a fourth sequel to Herbie the Love Bug, you better cast some competent actors. And by filling out the roster with Harvey Corbin and Cloris Leachman, you've gone a long way to doing that. And uh, Sheriff Mooney from Killer Clowns, whose name is Yeah, that's right. Dean Wormer. Most people will know him from Animal House as Dean Wormer, but yes. Uh, also, Mo Green from The Godfather is his associate. Oh. So, yeah. Uh, you've got a lot of firepower in the in the background there. I the two main guys are sort of that guy type guys as well. Um, but, I think I wrote some stuff down, but but also I don't think the movie. I I think I would have been happier if this movie didn't have the little kid in it. Yes. Yeah. Well, we don't really like kid actors. That but it's not. Uh, it's not even. Him. I, I think he's perfectly fine. Like he's doing the best with what he's got. I just it felt weird that the movie starts with the main guy the driver, you know, being given Herbie, and then the rest of the movie is Herbie trying to get away from this guy or, like, hanging out with a kid. And it just seemed weird that why was... Like, he was given this car by his dead uncle. Right. And it, the, he doesn't get to hang out with the with the cool car. Yeah, I don't know why it is that way, but it is, so we just have to kind of deal with it. Um, the this the actor there is uh, Stefan. I'm guessing it's Stefan. S T E P H A N Burns. Uh, he was in a mini series, according to Wikipedia, called The Thornbirds, which I'm not familiar with, but apparently was very successful at the time. Uh, he unfortunately passed away from AIDS uh, in 1990, so not super long after this movie movie came out. Uh, and the, his best friend is. Um, Charles Martin Smith, who people probably know from American Graffiti uh, or The Untouchables, and he was later in Deep Impact. So Charles Martin Smith acted for a long time. He's like the buddy mechanic dude. Anyway, yeah. these two show up in Puerto Vallarta. I love vintage Disney a, credits. Yeah, yeah. It's too long. It's a full three minutes before it is. we get to anything. It feels, but it also, it, so much of this movie, because it's 1980, it feels like we're really focused on theme park stuff. So it feels yeah. very theme parky and like attraction-y. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You expect someone to pop up and be like, whoa, what are you guys doing here? There's not supposed to be a tour right now. There's my something going wrong. My little sister's set off the, the alarm bell or whatever. Yeah. You guys got to get out of here. Go to the next room and get in the vehicles where I'll guide you to safety. And don't put on your safety goggles yet. Wait till you're safely seated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um... Sorry, I got stuck in a loop there. I, know, I was like, um, I can go all day for this. Yeah, we can go for it. This is, it's like, <laughs> I have one hand on the eject button and one hand on the go further button. It's <laughs> yeah. like, which, which one do I push? Which one do I push? That meme of the guy sweating. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so this kid comes up to them. And the kid also, uh, Paco is his name. Yes. He is, he's the son of, oh man, it's not here. Damn it. His father was also an actor, um, but he he his name is Joaquin Garay the third. So I wonder if he was a trip or a trait like me. Um, oh, he was a voice actor and a singer. Oh, 
Oh, his dad was Panchito in the Three Caballeros. Shut up. So that's why that seems like a Disney connection. I was like, I know I have something important here. Okay. Um, so these these two cats show up in Puerto Vallarta, and Paco comes up to them, and he's definitely scheming, but the two of them are totally oblivious, which well, I kind of enjoy. He's shining shoes, and as he walks by, as the two walk by, one of them, the the fr- the buddy, the not the driver, says, "Yeah, I got the money." Real loud in a foreign country, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, you you big dumb moron." Yeah, exactly. Why don't you just take it out and flash it, you big idiot? And the kid hears this and is like, turns his head around. And he's like, "I'm done with you, buddy!" And like, throws his shoe, his shine rag at the guy who's, yeah. whose shoes he's shining and runs after them. Yeah, and I will say this kid is pretty charming as far as child actors. Yeah, go. I, I didn't have a problem with him. I just, I, yeah. I didn't. The character didn't make sense for the like. Why did it have to be a child? Right. I didn't quite. I I think the the. It's kind of odd. To, it's, it's a lot of moving parts for, for a Herbie fourth sequel. Yes. Um, but so he he offers to show the guys to where they need to go. And in the process, pickpockets them, although they don't know that yet. Yeah. And then we cut to Dean Wormer having a secret meeting with Mo Green about gold and artifacts that they have found in this uh, burial ground or something of the like. So right away, I'm like, okay, we're going to do like a swap thing where I mean, this is how this gets together. Okay, I see where we're going. But that's not a super negative. You know, you got to hang the plot on something. Yeah. But it could have um, also been they bump into each other and drop wallets and pick up, yes. like, they have the same wallet. So they pick up the wrong wallet. Like, that could have been the yeah. movie. <laughs> I think, honestly, what it is is it's a movie for kids. And so the. Probably from higher up, it's, okay, let's put a kid in the middle. Kids are going to identify with a little kid running around having adventures. You know, that we're just trying to sell to our audience, basically. That's fair. Um, they get to so, the mechanic to pick up Herbie, and the yeah. mechanic's like, oh, yeah, you just have to pay for the blah, 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 whatever. The, the, the tax or the title. and I believe it's the storage fees or something. Oh, uh, you're right. And the friend goes into it, like, reaches for his wallet and clearly realizes it's missing. And they're like, can we just take it around the block for a minute? And, and he leaves his whole ass duffel bag. Well, that's the clever conceit is if they ha- put the duffel bag in the car, it looks like they're going to steal it. So they have to leave the bag oh. in order to make it look like it's a test drive. It's sort of like uh, the old fashioned version of I'll leave my cell phone here, you know? Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, so, yeah, they steal Herbie. <laughs> And then they the borrow Herbie. Kid. It's theirs. Yes, but they owe money on it. It's, they steal from this van, uh, which never gets resolved, yeah, huh? by the way. They pay that guy? Yeah, when they get their wallet back. Oh, okay. Uh, I must have missed that. Um, the swimming kid, a while ago. Paco, then steals from the bad guys. Yeah. And this chase sequence where they're running after Paco, and then the guys are also driving Herbie around looking for Paco. Is way too long. Yeah. It's so many, like, dodging and zipping and ducking and diving. And I'm like, all right, I it's get like it. It's like Scooby-Doo. We got we to gotta get to 90 minutes, but there are other ways to do this. Someone in the background has eaten one of those, like, mango flowers on a stick where they just peel a whole mango and then, like, slice it and put it on a stick. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, that looks so good right now. Yeah, it really did look delightful. Um, when they catch Paco about to drop their wallet in a mailbox, which does that, is that a thing? Well, so what he's doing is he puts the wallet in the mailbox and he runs away because they want the wallet. And then he, by putting it in the mailbox, they have to like go get someone to open the mailbox and he can get away. It's like uh, buying himself time. Oh, it's because it seemed like, it seemed like that was his plan was to like, he takes a couple bucks out and throws the wallet in the mailbox. So is it supposed to like yes. theoretically get like be just delivered to the person? No, he he knew they were on his heels, so he's basically like, "I'll take the money, throw the wallet in here, and they want their wallet back, oh. their driver's license, and everything." So I'll run away with the money, and the two of them are gonna just deal with the wallet. Gotcha. Um, and when they catch him, the the driver main character guy says, "I ought to tan your bottom," and I was like, "Oh, that's you don't know this child. Yeah. This is weird." Yeah. Yeah, insulting this child seems a little nuts. So they hop on a ship to go to Rio, and this is where we meet Harvey Corbin, who is a true delight. And they lift Herbie onto the ship like a shark. Yes, he's they like do. lifted a little... in a net. Oh, also yeah. the kid is, has hidden. The kid hid from the bad guys in Herbie's trunk. Yeah, after which is the front of Herbie. Just FYI, Weird. in case you're unfamiliar with. Well, that's how the car. That's the love bug thing. Oh, um. But this was after he was hiding in a basket in a store and popping out like someone from Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> I believe the Volkswagen bus also has the engine in the back. 
Oh, really? That's just like a yeah. It might just be a Volkswagen design from this era. Um, so we meet Cloris Leachman here and Harvey Corman as this. He's just boasting about being. A, he's telling these ridiculous, you know, kind of like giant fish stories, but about his daring adventures as a sea captain. I couldn't tell if they were his adventures or adventures of a famous pirate that he or a famous captain that he was so obsessed with. I think he's. T- I think both things are true. I think he's telling the someone else's stories as if they're his. Gotcha. Because later he's like, "I'm dressed down to the button, just like so and so, the famous naval yeah. captain." Yeah, you might be right. I, he might not be telling. Them. I got the impression he was bragging about his own adventures, but it could be that he's just telling someone else's stories as their stories. Yeah. Um. At one point, he he grabs a carving knife that's like a saber and stabs a candle with it. And then uses yes. that candle to light a lady's cigarette. And I was like, that's a beautiful and, little moment. And, and then that's he's great. like, anyone else? Anyone else? Before he puts it back. It's very good. It's a it's a great bit in this movie. Uh, yeah. So young Cloris Leachman is there with her niece. Who is from the MacGyver episode we did a million years ago. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Oh. She was MacGyver's love interest. The one where he made the hot air balloon? Correct, yes. Okay. And young Cloris Leachman is just Blanche Devereaux before Blanche Devereaux existed. She yes. is horny for everybody. Especially the, Especially the sea captain, but everybody. And she's also horny vicariously through her niece, who she's trying to set up. She's like, look, you're young and hot in the prime of your life. Go, go to Bone Town. Uh, so we cut from them to this man working in the uh, below decks of the ship, and I had a legitimate laugh at his dinner when he unveils it, because it's an entire roasted chicken... And then the salad next to it is a single leaf of iceberg lettuce and one tomato slice. And then also he has a roll and an apple. Oh, I thought of that more as a garnish than a side salad. No, that was definitely supposed to be his. It was like he felt obligated to take a salad. So he's like, I'll do the one lettuce and the one tomato. And then when he called, telegrams his wife later, he's like, she's like, are you eating your vegetables? And he's like, I had a salad with dinner. <laughs> it's a good looking roast chicken. It is. It is. It looks like it came from uh, a rotisserie at a grocery store. Yeah. But uh, when he's not looking, Herbie wheels himself over and opens his trunk so the kid can just grab the chicken off the plate. Yes. Also, he has a cup of coffee with this dinner. It's just a very we- – I had a lot of – I spent a lot of time thinking about the construction of this dinner. Apparently. As you can tell. It's a cup of coffee, an apple, a roll, that weird salad, and an entire chicken is a very weird dinner. Uh, also, the kid, so he starts eating inside Herbie, and he eats like a gremlin. He does, yeah, because the guy listens, and you hear him like... <laughs> yeah, it's got weird, crunchy, slurpy noise. And then Herbie flips out, or flips his lid, and the kid throws the bones out, and the bones are stripped clean. There's not a speck of gristle or cartilage or anything. He has devoured these chicken well, he bones. He was a poor orphan, so he's probably like, I don't know what I'm getting food next. I'm going to get every scrap. Some of those things are bone, though, I think. I don't know. And then Herbie drives off in the ship, like within the ship. Yes. He runs roughshod in the hold of this ship. And I kept waiting for Jack and... Uh, Rose. Thank you. Jack and Rose to pop out and then, like, hop into Herbie to get a little thing going. <laughs> they put their sweaty handprint and it's inside Herbie. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So... Uh, he's running roughshod. The the men all down in the hold are chasing him and can't can't quite get him under control. So they call Harvey Corman, who gets really mad at being interrupted at his dinner where he's regaling these ladies with these tales. Well, he also thinks uh, it's he, a lie. He's that yes. a car well, is driving itself. Obviously, yes. To be clear, <laughs> it's not that weird. He thinks it's a lie. No, but I, that's he's more of why are you you're drinking on the job? You're lying about this nonsense. Yeah. Uh, and this is where we're introduced to uh, Hedley Lamar. No, Harvey Corman was Hedley Lamar. Was is he Hedley and Count? I know he was Count de Monet. Was he also Hedley? Yes. Okay. Sorry. Uh, Harvey Corman was also Hedley Lamar, and also he's the cop in Jingle All the Way. That is it now for my Harvey Shut Corman up. sequence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I just kept writing them down. His uh, voice sorry. is so different in Jingle All the Way. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe smoking. He also doesn't look like. Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna double check now. But I believe that that's him. It says Harvey Corman is credited as president. Maybe he's the president of Arnold's company. No, you know what he is. He's the president in the Turbo Man TV show. Oh, okay, all right. Because the there's that 35 seconds of the Turbo Man show where it's the president uh-huh, and his uh-huh. wife and his kid. Okay, so Harvey Corman has a nine second role in Jingle All the Way. That's why it doesn't sound like him. Um, so. 
They go down there. Herbie crashes into some wine glasses, and then they catch him in a net like they're predators. Yes, exactly. Uh, so they threaten Herbie's gang, and meanwhile, Cloris Leachman is really desperately trying to have sex with Harvey Corbin, which is a delight. Yeah, but I also they they keep saying you know it's your car, so you're responsible. But he wasn't driving the car, like right. If I park my car and go somewhere, and then my car just you know does something, it's not my fault. So I think what their thought is, because the idea that the car was driving itself is ludicrous, it's maybe you didn't set the parking brake and it just started rolling around on the ship. Like they're trying to answer it with human logic as opposed to it's a sentient car that can drive itself logic. You know what I mean? Yeah. I also don't think, because I I looked up, because I was curious, why did the Herbie franchise get started? Because it's just such a bizarre choice. Sure, yeah. To go, you know what? I want. To, I think we should do a a, car, a movie series about a, a Volkswagen Beetle that drives itself and wins ex, like crazy races. Like that just seems weird. And there's the Wikipedia did not offer anything substantial about it. Um, if I may, I think the answer is simple. I think the Volkswagen Bug is probably the most universally beloved car design that doesn't cost a lot of money right it's not a ferrari it's not a porsche like there's many beautiful cars but in that era it's this incredibly cute car i feel like no one dislikes it well so actually i really i I take that back the it wasn't originally a a, a volkswagen it was just a car they didn't have anything set in mind um and they said it was also one of the last live action movies that walt touched Oh, interesting. Um, so people think maybe that's why there was a connection to the first one and then it just grew. But they brought in like a fleet of cars to see which one they liked the most. And they picked the Volkswagen Beetle because it was the only one that made the crew reach out and pet it. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, I, I didn't read that and I had the same conclusion. It's cute. It's like, it's a very, I just walked by one yesterday, literally. And I was like, it was like what normal people what do. What are the new uh, ones? An attractive person. No, no, no. A vintage Beetle. And it was, it was like rusty a little bit not in good shape but i was basically checking it out as i walked by you know, you know i turned my head and looked back yeah i was i was like that meme of the guy walking with his girlfriend <laughs> and looking at the other woman except it was a volkswagen beetle because i you don't see him very often anymore and i was like ah, it's a buggy it's herbie apparently this movie uh had the most herbies that doesn't surprise me they have to do a lot of herbie action in this yeah um so we have a random costume dance night on the ship and, of course, we're trying to force a love story here, but the main guy isn't into it, which is a nice turn. They're both not into this, although later they get together, so it's kind of inexplicable. Yeah. it's uh, This is where the movie turns into one long, weird episode of The Love Boat. Yes, it does indeed. Because it's a costume party. Uh, and as someone who's only been on one cruise, thank God this was not the cruise we went on, because I just would have been, like, so annoyed. Well, the Disney cruises do have a dress up like a pirate night on every single one. Yeah, but they provide bandana. It's not everyone should you bring a pirate costume. They're like, uh, but I think a lot of people do bring their costumes. Oh yeah, but the idea is like, hey, here's an eye patch, here's a bandana for the kids, here's a plastic sword to wave around. Let's you know go learn a pirate dance while the pirate MC you know earns their equity also, points. Also, it's Gangnam style. Just FYI, it's just Gangnam style. Pirate dance is Gangnam style. <laughs> Yeah, it was just, this seems so, because they're, they're elaborate $100 cost, like $100 plus dollar costumes. Yeah, no, they're very fancy Halloween costumes. It looks like the party at the end of Trading Places. Yes, or the party, f- the, the party from uh, Hocus Pocus. Either of the two yeah, Halloween yeah. parties in Hocus Pocus. Yeah, the, the Hocus Pocus Halloween parties, when you think back on it, easily cost every one of those couples $500. Mm-hmm. But then there's also the rich people costumes at Allison's parents' party, which are all period Victorian, like, Baroque masquerade from Phantom of the Opera costumes. Well, then why didn't they fix them? I don't know. No, no. You, said, you, said Baro- you said Baroque. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> it's my turn to say that this time. So Herbie and the kid are in jail, and here's where we learn that Paco's an orphan. And then and that Herbie, all of Herbie's wheels turn. Yes. And the kid decides to call Herbie Ocho because five plus three is eight. But we don't Even learn though, that till the last minute of the movie because the whole time I was like, why right. the hell is he calling him Ocho? Be- I guess it's because 53 would be fart. It's been a long time. 
Cinquente Trace. Cinquente Trace? Yeah, which Ish. is way too long. I took... Yeah, yeah. I studied French for seven years, but I'm going to guess Cinquente Trace. Yeah, I think it might, be, it might be Cinquente. Someone out there is screaming at their phone right now. I So I remember Trente being 30, and 33 would be Trente Trace. So if it is Cinquente, it would be Cinquente Trace, which is too long of a name. I get it. But still, it's obviously not five plus three. Yeah. Or, Although people give each other stupid nicknames over whatever nonsense, so I guess it's fine. Yeah, but the movie's called Herbie Goes Bananas, and no one calls him Herbie. Yeah, no, it is weird that no one ever calls him Herbie in this movie. Or maybe once it happens? It happens, actually, it happens once. Okay. Uh, but he does a cool move where he extends his antenna and then grabs the keys off the hook and then pulls them over to Paco to grab, which I thought was really great. Yeah, you start to learn the extent of Herbie's motion. And then they slowly roll into the slow, slowest elevator in history. It's It closes as if it's a person manually turning a crank to shut the door. <laughs> um, we also get a great so kiss me moment yeah. when a uh, race car driver guy whose name I forget is dancing with the niece of Cloris Leachman and he, I don't remember her costume, but it's got like a hat or something. So he, yeah. Oh, she's in a safari. She's like a pith helmet safari she's a, girl. Yeah, pith helmet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he and is so wearing he ta- his racing outfit. He takes off his her helmet and then takes off her glasses and is like, you're beautiful. And I was like, she looks the same, brohan. <laughs> I, I don't know. Glasses really... At least take the hair face. down. Like, do one <laughs> other thing. Um, so the captain wants to get rid of the car, and Cloris is back. Because it caked him in the face. Yeah, which is not... Like, Herbie interrupts the, the... Herbie pulls literally pulls into this party off the elevator, which is kind of a delightfully absurd thing. It's kind of like a horse in an elevator, where you're just like, that's not supposed to be there. Yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Why are you putting a yeah. horse in an elevator? Exactly. It will never. A horse in an elevator will never not be funny to me. I'm sorry. Um, but did you know that they actually just dropped this car over the side of the boat in real and life and never recovered it? Yes. It. They said it was mostly made out of wood, and obviously, movie magic. I wouldn't necessarily be able to tell, but there definitely are real tires on this, if nothing else. And I, it certainly doesn't look like a wooden car. It doesn't at all. But like I said, they never recovered it, so they just dropped. Right. A big two-ton piece of metal into the ocean, and we're like, deal with it, fish. It might be, just not to be pedantic, but a love bug is a tiny car. It might be a ton. It might be less than a ton, <laughs> actually. It might, be a qu- it might be half a ton, honestly. But anyway, yes. It's much like in Jaws 4, where they were like, all right, we're going to do this stunt with an airplane on the water. It's like, cool, cool, cool. And then it's going to sink. All right, great. And then what? Oh, we're just going to leave it in the Bahamas. You'd People thi- scuba dive and snorkel to it. Which is cool. Well, it's it's funny because I guess what when did when was was Splash eighty seven? Mm-hmm. So I guess they didn't they weren't even thinking they didn't th- Splash they, might be eighty eight. They Sorry. weren't even thinking about island buying money because if they had been, they would have just dropped it near their island and you would be able to snorkel to it now. Yeah, at, exactly. When you go on a Disney cruise. And they'd rig it up to blow bubble like the trunk would open, like those like those yeah, treasure yeah. chests in aquariums. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Um so everyone comes clean, and they throw everybody off the ship. The race car guys, Cloris Leachman and her aunt, and also Paco. Because Cloris uh, Leachman, uh, maybe 10 minutes before this happened, agreed to finance the racer and the car yes. and everything. So for her 10-minute yeah, involvement, she gets booted off the ship at the next port. Uh, yeah. And Paco is sees the uh, Mo Green and Harvey – or not Harvey uh, – Dean Warmer, and they're they're trying to take – custody of him and he's like no way these are my these are my guardians and he starts running away um do you know herbie was the first car to go through the panama canal really Mm-hmm. so we see herbie shortly after this floating along in the thing in the panama canal and herbie was the first car through it really yep that that seems crazy i know yeah uh herbie drives through the water somehow and the child swims out to him yeah it's it's pretty buck wild because I was like, what are you going to do, child? Also, why can't, why is Herbie drowning now? I'm guessing they mean first car to go through the Panama Canal, as in not as cargo on a ship. Yeah, I had a feeling that they meant that. Because I was like, I don't know. 100% that, sure. I'm sure cars have been on boats. Yes. And this is, this is where I wrote, why did Herbie imprint on this kid instead of the guy who owns him? Because the poor guy who owns him is like, well, now I'm stranded in a foreign country. And need to find a job to make money because I was supposed to be driving this race car in a race to make money. 
Yes. I, I it, it's basically Herbie doesn't want to work anymore. He's that's like, what I'm I retired. Said. Yeah. Is there a weird subplot we missed where Herbie was like drinking a beer and having a cigarette and his then his Polly was like, You gotta get back in there, Herbs. You gotta do one last race. Yeah, exactly. I wanted the movie to end with a race and like the kid was driving or something nonsensical. Oh yeah, I wanted to see the race. Yeah. But I guess I couldn't afford that. They, uh, according to the D23 website, they used 26 Volkswagens in this movie. Yes, I read that. Um, so they pull Herbie out of the water, and his tires turn inward. And they're like, well, he's dead. So the kid builds him a grave. Yes, it's really sad. And then moments after this happens, the group of men who... At least one of these guys is wearing brown face makeup, I'm pretty sure. I wouldn't be shocked. I didn't catch it, but I wouldn't be shocked. There was one guy who comes up to the window, and his dialogue is a little too white guy doing south of the border ease. And I'm like, what are we doing here? But they all slink off and come back, and Paco is inside Herbie, kind of having this tender goodbye. And they all... (laughs) They all have weird implements, like one has a crowbar. Yeah, one has a pickaxe, and they're basically going to scrap Herbie, but I don't know if this is worth much in scrap, considering it was in the lake. Well, I think it's just the metal itself. Oh, I guess just scrapping it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So Herbie comes to life, and they drive away, and we get the only song in the movie. And I don't know why we needed a song in this movie. Well, because it's, you know, contractually required by the mouse. It's just because it's not a good song. No, it is not. The lyrics are literally like, friendship, it's good to be a friend, it's better to be a friend, to have a friend. Yeah. Friendship. Friends, friendship, I was like, friends. Cole Porter, this is not. No, indeed. Um, but it's a little weird montage of driving. It is. They keep, like, showing the kid, and then it's these cool aerial shots of these windy mountain roads. Which I guess they did so they didn't have to hide the driver. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um... Because so later I realized that I had really been looking for a driver. And then later there's a moment it's after Herbie's been literally covered in bananas um, where the kid is standing and the car is driving up and the, the driver's seat looks weird. And then there's a small pile of bananas about the shape of a head around where the headrest should be. I totally missed this. I wish you'd taken a screenshot. So it's definitely what you're describing. I, I, I assume that was... Well, I don't think Disney Plus lets you screenshot. Oh. If you try and... Well, you could just pause it. Yeah, I would have to pause on my TV. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's so weird that I backed up. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's just a weird banana mask they put on the driver. It probably is, yeah. Uh, so the bad guys find the little boy and threaten him because he took film out of their wallet and accidentally put it in the race car driver's wallet. Yeah, and apparently the film is the locations of where this Incan treasure is. Yes. Why it's not a map, who knows. Right. Um, So Paco, at this point, has made it to the city, and he paints Herbie as a taxi by just painting the word taxi on it in red paint. And some sunflowers and sunshine. Yes. And and suns. Um, So the bad guys arrive, and they want that film. Um. Paco is driving around, and then there's a moment where both Cloris Leachman and Harvey Corbin hail this taxi, and both of them get in the back seat, which is like, I get it, it's a joke, and it's a comedy movie, but at least one of them would have not climbed into the back seat of this. Well, my issue is that Herbie's a two-door car, so to get into the back seat, you open the driver's side, push the driver forward, and then Mm -hmm. climb in the back, so the captain would have seen that it's a child in the driver's seat. Right. And notice someone else was also awkwardly climbing in the back of a car. Exactly. So he, oh, Paco also stole the wallet back from the race car driver to get the film. Oh, right, right. Um, The plot. Also, both, both Cloris Leachman and Harvey Corman have enormous things in their arms that later just disappear for plot reasons. Mm -hmm. But Corman has a whole ship and Cloris Leachman has a huge bag of groceries. And an armful of those, like, crepe paper flowers. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So they start, uh, they don't recognize the car, which I also find very funny. Even though he painted on it, it's sort of obvious that it's the car that you just threw off because it has yeah. a giant racing stripe. But then they get in the car and they're like, wait, this is the car and you're the boy. What's going on? Boing. 
so they start flee. Uh, Paco starts driving away because uh, Dean Wormer and Mo Green are on this tail, and they drive by. Well, also, I don't think he's driving at this point. I think it's all Herbie. Herbie is driving. That is true. That is true. Uh, Bear is driving. Um, the it's a reference for one person. Uh, and it's me. Yes. Um, they drive past um, Cloris Leachman's the two niece. two race cars. Yeah, and the niece, yes. And she unsuccessfully hails down four buses, and then right. the fifth bus stops, and she goes, I have $340. Will you kick everyone off the bus? And the driver's like, yup. Yeah, I thought she bought the bus for $340 at first, and I was like, all right, now this is all sorts of weird here. But I guess the driver would just be like, she, they, they robbed me. They kicked everybody off, which would be believable. Yeah. Um, so they chase Herbie in the bus, and Mo Green and Dean Wormer also chase Herbie, and they end up at a bullfight. Yeah, so it's it's Herbie in front, um, uh, Sergeant Mooney and Mo Green in the middle. Yeah. And then the bus in the rear, like way back in the back, because they're yeah, yeah. It's the a, bus it's, is barely functional. Yes. So Herbie tricks the bad guys into driving down the tunnel of a of a what is that? What is it? A rodeo stadium? It's a stadium tunnel. Okay. Um, where there's like a matador and a bullfight. A bull. It's a it's a bullfighting stadium. Um. Well, I wasn't sure if there was a word for it. Uh, and I then maybe goes I mean, behind I'm sure them. There's a word in Spanish. And rams their car into the bull arena, and then yeah. the car hit. Their car hits the bull. Yes, not hard, but enough that the bull gets pissed off and exacts his revenge, which I really enjoy. Flips their car real good, uh, and then I was like, "Oh no, Herbie's going to be a matador." Oh and yeah, that's exactly what happens. And it's honestly better than it should be. Like it's don't get me wrong, it's extremely stupid with a capital E and a capital S, but it is. It is amusing. Like, I chuckled a little bit at it. I, I at least wasn't, like, covering my face in horror and cringeness. Yeah, because they stick the the bullfighter's cape onto the hood of the car. Mm-hmm. And so the the hood will flap up and it'll, like, wave it <sighs> and then spin around. And then at one point, Herbie's able to, like, pop on his back wheels like a dog. Uh-huh. So he'll do, he does that for the last big trick of the finale and, like, gets the bull to run under the tires and is like, I win! Yeah. It's very interesting to me because I recently, oh boy, uh, I recently watched Russellmania, which is the wrestling dog movie from the producers of Airbud. Um, I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't watch the whole movie, mind you. I watched select scenes from it. But it's really interesting to me to look at this, which is a children's movie from 40 years ago, which is basically timeless in the gags. And 50 years cringe. ago. 1980. Oh, no, you're right. 40. I can't math. Uh, I was like, we do an 80s podcast. It can only be 40 years old. Um, but so this is explicitly aimed at children. It's not written for adults in any way. But watching this, I'm not cringing and at the awkwardness and think like thinking like, oh, how stupid is this? Even though it is objectively stupid. Mm-hmm. It's like a different brand of stupid that they make children's movies now. Well, and I think it, it's it was because just it's filled with actual like actors. It's not right. cheapy, low budget. Like, right. they got Caloris Leachman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this time movie had a $10 million budget. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Russellmania had a $5 million budget for special effects, too. And it's just, uh, obviously, you can do things much more cheaply in the current era. But it's just interesting. I think it's partly the writing, too, of this doesn't assume that kids are stupid. Mm-hmm. And the other movies kind of assume kids are stupid, I think, is the real difference. And, I, I mean, I don't watch enough current children's stuff to have an actual informed opinion on this. This is just a sort of stray observation. But I thought that was really interesting where this movie's 40 years old and obviously for children. And I don't have any emotional connection to it, but I still found it enjoyable to watch as a kid's movie. And so much of kids' entertainment now treats them like they're idiots. And I just find that to be bizarre. Well, I think it's, I mean, I feel like I was growing up in the last era of, because when I was, when when I was growing up, the kids movies became, the children are the smartest people in the room. Mm-hmm, All the parents mm-hmm. are dumb. And like. Yeah, adults are stupid is basically the way to. Agent Cody Banks, kids Spy Kids, like all those, yeah. uh, uh, Max Keeble's Big Move. I don't know where those three came from, but those are the three my mind pulled. Yeah, um, yeah. Where it was, the kids are really smart. The parents are dumb, or adults are dumb. The kids are going to succeed, and then they have so much rewatch value because you realize, oh, well, like Spy Kids was made by Robert Rodriguez. 
Right, yeah. Like, Cheech is there in the original one. Uh, Antonio Banderas is there. George Clooney shows. Like, there is right. a lot going on in this first Spy Kids movie. Yeah. And then it's crazy because by the last one, which I've only seen clips of, it's like, oh, this isn't this movie is not fun like that anymore. It's it's all dumb fart jokes. Right, right. And yeah, I think that's the key is there are no fart jokes in Herbie. Exactly. Right? Like there should be. There should be a, a one where Herbie quote unquote farts and sprays exhaust into somebody's face. Like I would be fine with that. But there should be fart jokes in this movie and there aren't fart jokes. And that might just be the difference is there are multiple fart jokes in the scenes that I watched of WrestleMania. And so maybe that's just like what that is that his big finishing move is fart and dog farts. No, the dog does backflips and does like a landing on the person's chest with all four feet thing. (laughs) Is that on Disney plus? No, um, I, (laughs) I found a Blu-ray copy of it at the dollar store years ago and gave it away. as Dollar store Blu-rays are, a gem. Uh, sometimes you get actual gems, though. I, last time I was there, the Veronica Mars movie was only uh, was at the dollar store. Oh. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just something I was thinking about watching this of, you know, this movie is 40 years old. It shouldn't it shouldn't work for me at all. And I don't think this is an A movie. We'll get to that in a bit. But it was just interesting to be watching this explicitly made for children's piece of entertainment and thinking like, oh, this is fine. Like, I didn't feel like I'm wasting my life watching this. And even watching 15 yeah. minutes of WrestleMania is like, oh, I might be wasting my life. Yeah, I get that. I mean, that's Disney was the apex of children's entertainment. Yeah, I mean, that's all. that is all true. But even now, I would say there are things the Disney company puts out that are hot, stinky garbage. Like anything on the Disney Channel in terms of a television show has a very weird reality that I just don't get. And I maybe kids like it, but like the, I even when... I, oh, you're talking about like when I was watching, like That's So Raven yeah, and stuff? Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it has progressed. It has not changed from that, the, the, the things I've seen from Disney Channel in terms of... Because um, I like... I knew I wasn't going to like it, but it's like, let me watch the pilot of Girl Meets World. And it was like, oh, yeah, this I was like not even 10 minutes in. I was like, nope, goodbye. And, you know, I loved Boy Meets World. Yeah, because I've gone back and rewatched with Disney Plus. I've gone like Kim Possible and stuff like that. Um, So I think there's definitely interesting stuff in there. But it was part of the whole like we're the smart kids are smart and, and great. Yeah, it's different when it's animation, I feel like. The the ones that I'm pointing at specifically here are, like, That's So Raven, The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Hannah Montana. Yeah, they have a weird reality that is not the one that we live in. Whereas I feel like Herbie lives in our reality mostly, except that this car is a sentient creature. Yeah, because I think, like, I remember The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody had a spinoff show where they lived on a boat. And I was just, I remember hearing that that was a thing. I was like, what? Yeah. Just leave him in a hotel. Yeah. But they do some stuff now that's pretty rad. Like, I definitely enjoy the Descendants franchise that they've created, which is Disney Channel original movies of the kids of the villains and the kids of the heroes. I tried to watch one of them on Disney um, Plus because I remember you saying you liked it and I was, it's not for me, but that's fine. Nothing, everything needs to be for me. Yeah. Well, my friend, my best friend works in children's and like children's stuff in Disney World. So yeah. when it came out, th- th- she was talking about it and I was like, oh, is it actually good? And she was like, no, no, it's truly really like you and i will love we're gonna you're when you come visit we're gonna watch it and i've watched both sequels unapologetically because there's a lot of like the the costumes are cool it's done by kenny ortega who created high school musical and Mm. hocus pocus so it's like a very competent direct like musical director who knows what he's doing and knows how to choreograph which i think is all the difference when you get someone who actually knows what they're doing and is an established person in that field as opposed to like Whatever, it's it's kids, so give them whatever dancing and fart jokes. I think another part of it, too, for me personally, and again, I'm people are listening to this, I'm sure there is really great children's programming out there that I'm not aware of, and I, that's great. I, I hope that there is. I hope that it is not all. Gravity Falls recent, in recent memory. Yeah. Well, you keep going to animate it. I'm talking specifically live action is where my criticisms are aimed. Like, animation has always been good. You can do more with it. I'm specifically talking about, like, like the, my beef is with live action children's programming, not animation. Fine. There's great animation, and there always has been. 
But I feel like the thing, even when you were watching Disney Channel shows and and in the little bit I've seen, like like I said, I watched the pilot of Girl Meets World. They're lit like soap operas, but without the soft focus. And something about that, I huh. really have a, an internal visceral hatred for. I, and I'm just like, this is this is not what this is stupid. This isn't supposed to look like this. That's interesting. I haven't I haven't noticed that because I haven't really watched much of their live action stuff. I've watched a couple right. of the random Disney Channel movies of recent um and some of them are bad like some of them are very very bad um it just makes everything look cheap to me like i can tell the sets are sets and i, I don't know something about it is i don't really care for it but that's fine like i'm a 33 year old man i shouldn't be watching children's programming it shouldn't be for me i just found it interesting watching this how much i found this enjoyable versus how little of children's stuff that i see now which admittedly is a very small narrow slice of it that i would even stand for well like i i literally the other day, on my like when we, we recorded uh, the Howling Four, I mentioned the Alvin and the Chipmunks meet the Wolfman. Found out it was free to stream through the cable service our parents have, and I watched it. And I was like, "Oh, this holds up. Like, this is pretty yeah. good still." Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, back to Herbie. Um, I really like the scene with Corman. Yes, I, I don't even think it's a soapbox. I just thought it was a unique, not unique, but I thought it was a good point I was making. I thought you'd have some good stuff to say, too. I feel like we did. Um, yeah. I'm not like, make children's programming better so that I can watch it as a 33-year-old and not be embarrassed. But that's, I don't know. I wasn't, that's the key. I, if I have someone, if someone walked in on me watching Hurry the Love Bug, I wouldn't be embarrassed. If someone walked in on me watching The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, I would be embarrassed like I was watching pornography. <laughs> that's what yeah. I feel. I get that. I see what you mean. Um, anyway, or WrestleMania or whatever. Um, but I really like the scenes where uh, Harvey Corbin is begging Herbie to leave. And he's basically begging for his life. Of like, please, please get out of here. Like, I'm going to die. And Cloris Leachman's like, it's fine. This is a treat. This is so much fun. And Corbin is just desperate to get out of this bull ring. Yeah. And then they finally win. And Herbie, Her- Herbie, Herbie backs up and bows. Cause that, yes because his wheels turned in which happened when he died and i was like oh did herbie just die like did he have a heart attack <laughs> after this like this bullfight was his his swan song yeah but then he lifts up his back wheels and i was like oh he's bowing and so yeah. they all get out to bow and then herbie sees the bad guys and is like hey little kid get back in the car we're gonna leave cloris leachman and count the money and they do they floor out of there. So we have Cloris Leacher and Harry Corman and the racers and the niece all on the bus. And they the bus breaks down, so they're stuck in this little town that has a phone but doesn't really work. Yeah. You have to pay for it a lot. Um, and sh- uh, the niece... Cloris I think Leachman's, that's just standard pay phone. It just seemed like more money quicker than you would expect than I would have expected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, I haven't used a pay phone, I don't think, in my life. Yeah. So... Um, Cloris yeah. Leachman's niece is like really shitting on the race car driver because she's talking about her. She's uh, gonna be a Latin American, a doctorate in Latin American studies or whatever, or history, and she's talking about it to him. And he says, "I wish I could help you." And she goes, "Yeah, I'm sure you'd be much happier with a six pack of cold beer." And I was like, "Wait, what? He didn't. What happened? He was being yeah. nice to you." Yeah, it was a very weird turn. She, it's it's the standard, we have to put conflict into this so that it feels like they've achieved something when they get together, but it's very useless. Yeah. Um, so the bad guys call a taxi at this cantina so that the kid will show up. And when he runs inside, it's like, did someone order a taxi? The bad guys like slam the door shut and carry him out the back door. And then Herbie chases after the plane they put him in. Yes, they <laughs> Herbie does a Jaws attack and bites the tail of this plane with his hood. Well, I thought he does that later. Oh, you're does right. Does he do it twice? He bites it twice, I thought. Maybe not. I don't remember that, but... So he so Herbie then goes to get the racer and Cloris Leachman and the captain and the niece, and they all fit in Herbie and drive off to find the kid. Yes. And they're... So the, the, also the bus explodes, which we didn't talk about, and it was a cool explosion. Oh, I forgot the bus exploded. Yeah. The bad guys take the kid to uh, the jungle uh, where they where they get the coin and then they abandon the kid in the jungle. They're like, we'll come back in the morning with proper tools and this kid will probably be dead. You say coin, it's a manhole cover. It, but it's, I, <laughs> it's supposed <laughs> to be just, a so the giant coin. Aware, it is a coin, but it is a manhole cover. That it reminds me of around. something from Legends of the Hidden Temple. Absolutely it does. Like it's it's basically like the middle like Omex nose. 
Yes, yes. It's it's the size of a manhole cover or a very large pizza. Um, so the, I like that you used Ninja Turtle measurements there. I mean, it is a hundred percent a Ninja Turtle pizza. It's it's exactly the size of this. Um, they uh, so they leave Paco to, to die, like you said. Um, they rest. They end up rescuing the kid, and then they cover Herbie in bananas for reasons I'm not a hundred percent sure of. I guess it's supposed to did be. Did they disguise. cover? Did so? You, they were saying the racer and company, not the bad guys. Yeah. Did the racer? Yes. Did they? cover herbie and bananas or did he just come out of the jungle covered in bananas i couldn't tell i'm not i'm not sure but it's ridiculous either way yeah because he is fully covered in banana like the windshield is covered the uh, every Uh square inch of this car is covered it's like a weird art piece it is it's also kind of a delight to be honest with you i it it made me giggle in a very i giggle but i was like what happened because it still has the shape of a buggy where it's, you know, like a nice curve. and then You can tell exactly what a car uh-huh. is underneath. It's just covered yes. in bananas. And I feel like going back to the obvious choice being a Volkswagen Bug, no other car would be immediately identifiable when covered in bananas. You're right. Maybe, maybe a T-Bird with a, like, boxy front. Yeah, maybe. But, like, guarantee on the Bug, yeah. which is, I think, yeah. Uh, so the good guys have the gold coin, and they try to bring it to this historical society. Or Professor this guy. Yeah. Um, and the bad guys intervene. They walk in. They're like, oh, we knew you'd come here. Now give us our gold back. And I'm not quite sure how the historian is siding with the bad guys. Maybe they gave him a good story. Or maybe there was a good, like, I think, you know, this movie, this movie was missing a few guns. Yeah. A, a gun would have made a big difference. in the in Because the, the bad guy's sense. holding a gun. I mean, I wonder if it was... Maybe rules were different because it's children's entertainment. I don't know. But I no- realized that there were no guns. The bad guys didn't once flash a gun. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I didn't think about it until you just said it. But that was the obvious thing missing throughout this movie is there should be guns. Yeah. And not that they had to be fired or anyone has to die. But like the yeah, bad guys. I don't guys... want anyone getting shot. I just, a gun yeah. would be helpful. <laughs> no one needs to die and Herbie goes bananas. Um, <laughs> right. But the like if the guy came out holding a gun to the everyone in the room was like we knew you'd come here and that's why the professor's being so quiet and helping us yeah, yeah. i get it now yes yeah that all makes sense uh so they take the coin and they leave and at this point herbie starts launching bananas at them no first herb the kid is selling bananas off herbie He's that's opened true, the sunroof and is just standing at the top like take bananas off the car give me a quarter yeah, yeah, or whatever yeah. currency they would use <clears throat> And then he hears a plane and goes, that sounds like the bad guy's plane. I was like, it sounds like a plane, kid. <laughs> to be fair, he was recently in it. So maybe he has imprinted the noise. So our Herbie chases them down. He's got a couple bananas left in key spots. And then we get, frankly, too long of pratfall. Yes. Herbie starts launching, bana- like flipping open the door and the bananas uh-huh. fly off. And it's great because you can see the holes they drilled that they're like... The bananas were clearly on some piece of something that had a, a like a stick on it, uh-huh. and they put the stick on the car so that when they flipped open, like threw open the door, the banana would fly off, uh-huh. and then they could cut to the banana like falling on the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can see all the holes drilled all over Herbie, and the the two men start slipping and instantly forget how to pick things up. Yes, it's very. This is the like okay, we're watching a kids movie section of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um. Because then the third guy, the pilot, gets out of the plane and starts to help him, and he falls down, too. Right. And then they, like, they the way they end up picking up the coin makes zero sense logically for humans with arms and eyes and brains. Yeah, yeah. they all had to work together. The other thing that really bothered me here is, this is way more effective, and, it, like, obviously the title of the movie is Herbie Goes Bananas, so it's sort of Chekhov's title that, like, there must be bananas. Yeah. Um, this is way more effective if Herbie squirted them all with motor oil. And they, that's why they were slip sliding or all over the place. Oh, yeah. So if he had, you know, like driven up, whipped around backwards, kicked his thing open and just sprayed them all down with oil. Like one, it's visually more funny. And two, they they're all like, whoop, 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 you know, Scooby doing it. And you're right. But yeah. So that that was I was like, all right, I, I get it. Like, you know, it's got to be a banana. But also, does it need to be a banana? I'm surprised that Herbie never got an animated show. Yeah, that seems like an obvious thing that never happened. Where he got, he's voiced by like the Roger Rabbit, Rabbit, 
guy. No, I think he's. I think he's got to communicate exclusively in car noises. I don't want a voice. I don't think that. No, that's not how car. That's not how cartoons work. When you do that, you give them a voice, and it, that's no. But I, I'm just saying. I just. I don't want Herbie to have a voice. You would. You, you ruined this cartoon. I was excited for. You've ruined it. I'm, I'm telling you how they the would have done it. I know, but I'm just saying, as as the person you're pitching this idea to, I'm kicking you out. Eisner would have been like, who's going to voice it? That wasn't an Eisner voice. That was just a generic executive voice. I see. I don't have an Eisner. I I wish I did, but I don't. Hello? I mean, it is sort of there. We're not not going to rehash it. We're not not doing it again, but it's in that ballpark. Was Um, it Star Wars? Was that what we did it for? Uh... It might have been. It was a weird sidetrack rabbit hole. It must have been Star Wars, but yes, it was. I was talking about the supercut of hellos that uh, podcast the ride uh, did. So Herbie grabs the tail of this plane like Jaws grabbing the boat in the original incarnation of the Jaws ride, and he's like trying to hold onto the plane and keep it from taking off. And slowly and but surely, Herbie just destroys this plane. It's so weird that Herbie is like jumping and chomping with his little trunk mouth. It's it's very 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 silly this this whole sequence, uh, it, and then the plane starts to take off. Well, we also need he's like the guy the pilot says, I can't take off. It's too heavy. I need more you know runway because of the gold the manhole cover made of gold. Right. Um. And so eventually it does take off and then crashes immediately and gets stuck in a soccer net and breaks in yes. half. Yeah, it, the plane loses its wings and then its tail and then it's just like a weird car thing it looks like something that you would like at a disney world attraction yeah for sure um and it's 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 in a then it is then in a car chase with police and there's a very funny line i i legitimately laughed at where they're like i forget what they say you gotta go faster they they prompt they're like you gotta get going faster and the pilot says (laughs) i don't want to destroy my plane it won't take that and i just i legitimately i love that line it's delightful um um, so oh, then the, the, the coin has rolled out at the coin roll. So they finally get come to a stop and the coin goes skittering out of the car and they're, they're surrounded by police and I'm excited for them to get arrested and watch this wrap up moment. And instead we smash cut to Cloris Leachman dancing on in the, the dance hall of the ship. And I was very mad. Uh, and the captain is very distracted. He's not paying attention to Cloris Leachman at all. And this is where we learn that the captain identifies as LGBT. And by that, I mean he's really into large boats. You well, you need a T. <laughs> you need a G and a T. Or you need to say LBGT and then give me something else. No, LG, large, BT, boat. LGBT. Oh, you did, you did oh, two letters. Okay, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> I got you now. It took I me a second. Very I was very proud there. of that joke. It's a large boat. LGBT. He's boat sexual. Um. So yeah, the cap. That's the resolution of the captain's story. Uh, we get into the 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 bedroom, the stateroom rather. Uh, we get into the bedroom, stateroom of the race car guys, and in there we've got the niece, we've got the two guys. Cloris Leachman comes in, and then Paco walks out in a little tiny racing suit. The same one that the guy was wearing, just tiny. So I don't know where they got it from. <laughs> it's it's as if they had a seamstress on on standby just to make this thing happen. Yeah, but the kid, can't, there's that kid can't drive legally anywhere. No, of course not. Maybe I think there are different rules for racing, but he would probably not be allowed to drive cars. He'd probably have to drive like some sort of go karty thing. Oh, that's true. That's fair. But. They ask him to explain why he keeps calling Herbie Ocho, and he explains five plus three is eight, and then everybody has a good laugh, and it's a freeze frame, and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. It got a little boring towards the end, I will say. It did. Yeah, it runs out of steam before it does. And I think part of that is you spend a lot of time doing nothing. There's that really long Paco chase sequence, which is like a full ten minutes. Mm-hmm. If that if that's down to four, by the end of this, you're not quite as out of steam. Um and I also think the movie should have stopped when the bad guys got arrested. It should have been, you know, cheers, and that's the end of the movie. This, well, this I don't mind tag. if you give me five minutes of, like, them being arrested and put in a car and, like, everyone has a little conversation moment. Like, Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't mind that, but we didn't need to go somewhere. Like, this was all too much. Yeah, and honestly, it could have been something as stupid as they go, like, oh, man, you know, 
Paco, it's too bad you're, you know, too, you know, it's too bad we don't have a suit for you. You'd be a great race car driver. And then Herbie like opens it up and he has a Paco sized suit in there, which again makes no sense, but also is like a, uh, at least it's Herbie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like it's a magic car. Maybe Herbie. So I don't know. I'd be fine with that. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's all valid criticism, I think. I mean, also, we're talking about Herbie Goes Bananas, the fourth Herbie the Love Bug yes. movie. I'm honestly curious to go back and watch at least the first one. Because yeah. I, I, I want to see how this all started. It's also a genuinely kind of fascinating franchise to me in that it just won't die. So you have the original Herbie series. There's four of them. It, it ends with this, and that's From the From 1968 last. to 1980, which is a 12-year span, which, sure. Yeah, I mean, that's a solid run. Also, there's a novelization of this movie, which I kind of want to read. I definitely won't, but I kind no, of want to read. They're very – apparently novelizations were super common. Oh, they were. I have a novelization of Terminator 2 that I got. Um, actually, it was – I remember this specifically. God knows why. I remember getting the novelization of T2 at uh, JR's in South Carolina. Do you remember we used to stop there when we would drive – Oh yeah, down to Florida. So we would we do these long family road trips to Florida, and we would stop at this JR Cigars in South Carolina. I think it's South Carolina. I'm pretty sure it's South Carolina. It was huge, and right? It was like a huge department store, but they had a huge cigar section. Dad always used to get some cigars. I remember this place, and, and they had a big book section. So I was always wandering the book section. There were these very inexpensive books, and I got. I remember specifically getting a novelization of Terminator Two and being so excited because I loved that movie so much. Do you still have it? I, I got rid of it when I got rid of books, but I did have it for a long time. I was going to say, you should you should reread it because a lot of times novelizations would throw in new facts. This definitely did that. This definitely did that. But so this um, – there's – for Herbie, there's the four sequels of which Herbie Fully Loaded apparently is a canon sequel. Really? The one with Lindsay Lohan? Yeah. Well, so there's – and then so there's 1980. Then in 1997, there's the Bruce Campbell one for Disney – the world, wonderful world of Disney. Yeah, what did I say? I thought you said 87. I oh, no, 97. For wonderful world of Disney. And then in, I think like, I'm going to guess 04. 05, but you were close. Is Herbie Fully Loaded, which is Lindsay Lohan. So I feel like we're primed for, especially with all the Tesla and like self-driving car stuff. Yeah, yeah. We are primed for a Herbie reboot. Yeah, I would not be surprised at all if we got, especially if it was direct to Disney Plus, another Herbie movie. yeah. Yeah, it was hardcore diminishing returns on Herbie's. So the first movie, 51 million. The second movie, 38. The third one, 29. This one, 18 million. Then 66 for Lindsay Lohan, which, you know, trending back upward. Yeah. So there was also a TV. There's a TV series that aired, uh, of all things, on CBS in 1982. So two years after this, the Herbie love was still a thing and that series was called herbie the love bug aka herbie the matchmaker and i'm pretty sure the uh what the, that that herbie was like uh, it, it only it only lasted five episodes it was like a mid-season replacement deal um but yeah it's uh the original guy who was in the first two movies comes back as herbie's original owner uh, and he and it says he and Herbie stumble upon a bank robbery in progress, thwart the crime and rescue a young divorcee who works at the bank and is a mother of three. They begin to fall in love and uh, eventually they get married in an episode called Herbie the Best Man. So I really wow. want to see Herbie in a tuxedo. Uh, we'll have to go looking for that, I guess. Um, if that, you said those 82? Correct. Yeah. So that's eligible. If we find it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that I want to watch the five episode run of that, but that's, I guess, a possibility. Um, apparently, Herbie was uh, for a while in that stunt show at the back of MGM Studios. Oh, Lights, Motors, Action? Mm-hmm. And then later, Herbie was replaced by Lightning McQueen, which I think is really what happened is Pixar took the cars part of the thing over and they're like, well, we got better cars that sell more merch. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I don't even I don't think I don't know the last time I've seen Herbie merch. Yeah, no, not at all. Uh, was were was Kurt Russell in any of the Herbies? I'm like picturing Kurt Russell in a driving suit. I I think Kurt Russell has done a racing movie, but you might be con- thinking of Bruce Campbell. Maybe. Well, no, I meant young Kurt. Like, oh, okay. Like baby Russell in his Disney heyday. I'm not sure. I'm gonna look that up. But um, yeah, so I think you're right. Uh, we're primed for primed for a Herbie. Uh, return for sure mm-hmm. bing russell was in the original love bug oh yeah oh and then it can be like herbie goes up against an act like a self-driving ai car 
Sure, yeah. And then Herbie can communicate. It'll be a, it'll be a 3PO and R2 situation where the AI car can talk because it's like Alexa or Google. And then Herbie will just be like... Mur, 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 mur. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would love this. I'm into it. This should be a Disney Plus show. While we're talking about Disney Plus show, there needs to be a Figment show. I don't know how this hasn't been announced yet, but this seems like the most obvious cheap thing they could do. Get on it. Yeah, you would think. Because those comic books sell really well, apparently. It doesn't surprise me. They're actually very entertaining. I enjoyed all of them. Yeah. Uh, I cannot find a Kurt Russell racing movie, so I think you made this up. I must have made it up. Uh, anyway, uh, what are your final thoughts on her before here? It's fine. I mean, if you have Disney Plus, it's worth it's worth a look. Um, I think it's a pretty fantastic background noise movie where, it's, yes. you know, you're only going to pay attention about a third while you're doing your taxes or something. I agree because it's it just it gets boring towards the end. So the first 45 are really strong, I find. And then the back 45 tends to lag. Yeah, there's some good gags in the back 45, but there's a lot of sloggy bits. Yeah, and it's a tight 90, and you know I love a tight 90. Honestly, if you fast forward through the credits on both ends, it's more like a tight 85, so it's mm-hmm. even better. Um, yeah, I enjoyed this. I was surprised how much I enjoyed this, but it was it was exactly the kind of dumb that is fun to just sit back and, and let your brain melt away a little bit. Yeah. Uh, very, very enjoyable. Um yeah, I, I had a good run. And if this is the final February, I'm glad we ended on a high note. Although, like I said, eventually, Holly Hoop Noodles, Haven of Bliss. We've been cheesing it for four years. The people have been demanding. There's so many tweets. When are you going to get to Holly Hoop Noodles, Haven of Bliss? There are threes of tweets. <laughs> eventually. Um, so, yeah. Uh, don't forget to reach out if you have any questions for us. Uh, all the usual channels. Facebook.com slash Dissecting80s. Dissect the 80s on Twitter. Uh, dissecting the 80s at gmail.com 856-DISSECT if you have any questions for our 150th uh, I almost said spooktacular (laughs) spectacular there's nothing necessarily scary about 150 episodes Um, I still say spook oh the Indiana Jones stunt spooktacular that's how it's called (laughs) Uh, but yeah, so go ahead and uh, send those questions our way. Uh, check us out at patreon.com slash dissecting80s. We are very close to hitting a uh, free commentary track for everybody. Those polls are up and running. Uh, we'll, we'll keep them up for a while uh, as we narrow this down. Um, so don't forget to check those out. Uh, what else do we have up there? You got a ton of bonus content. There'll be a new episode, uh, bonus episode in March, which we're keeping a secret for all sorts of fun reasons, uh, which you'll find out there. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Rate, review, and subscribe, of course. Uh, don't forget to rate the show wherever you get it, whether that's iTunes or elsewhere. Uh, go ahead and get those to us so we can uh, read them on the air. We haven't gotten one in a little while, so do that so we can do that thank you so much for listening to the show i have been trip lano i will always be andrew lano until we return on march 9th with the kurt russell film used cars don't you forget about me dissecting the 80s is a chum some of this production Ow.